welcome to the We Talk Health podcast, the official podcast for West Tennessee Healthcare. Please be advised that this podcast is not intended to replace any medical advice. Always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing said in this podcast is intended to supersede or supplement the direction of your medical caretakers. If you have any questions, please reach out to us at wetalkhealthpodcast at gmail.com and we will do our best to answer any questions you may have. Welcome to another episode of We Talk Health. My name is Will Cashagro, and joining me in my office today is Miss Darren Lipsy. She is an LCSW with Hospice of West Tennessee. Miss Darren, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Good, today. absolutely. Thanks so much for coming in. So the reason you're here today is to talk about hospice bereavement. Now, yes. I've I've heard the term bereavement in mother childhood um, that world that realm of healthcare, but I've never really heard it in the hospice world. So. Excited to have you in to talk about that. I'm the bereavement coordinator at hospice, and I've been um, very blessed to have been in this role with Hospice of West Tennessee for um, going on 12 years. 12 years, wow. Uh-huh. And the, the role is kind of an extension of the hospice team. I serve on every team in a way that works through hospice. Okay. And what it is, it's a continuation of comfort care. We're available to the family um, prior to death if they're struggling with issues related to loss. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes, bereavement comes into the picture after the loss of the patient as a continuation of the relationship of the team, as well as providing comfort care. Um, Oftentimes, we find that the team has been in there. They have created a relationship with the patient Mm -hmm. and the family. And after the patient dies, obviously, the team moves forward and goes on. Sure. Um, And the families are left dealing with the loss of their loved ones and then, in addition, the loss of the team. Mm -hmm. So hospice bereavement kind of steps in as that continuation of support and care. The other important role is the realization that oftentimes in our world and society, we don't teach people how to grieve. Mm -hmm. We don't openly talk about grief, what is normal, what is not normal. Sure. Um, And oftentimes people have the misunderstanding that within three to six weeks, they should be over it. They should be well and moving forward. And the reality is grief is a journey that begins at the loss of life Mm -hmm. and continues throughout life. Gotcha. So what services are offered to families and caregivers? We offer um, many different things. It really depends on what the family or the bereaved individual wants. Okay. Um, We make a phone call at that six-week mark because around that six-week mark, we recognize that all of the the support from church and from mm-hmm. the community has kind of begun to go away. People move on with their own lives. Sure. And the bereaved is kind of left going, okay, what's next? So we reach out at that six-week mark just to touch base to see how folks are doing. So the, what we do is we kind of establish an assessment to see how they're coping, what their support system is, what they feel like they might need. Okay. And then we have a list of things that we can offer to them. We do a monthly mail-out that talks about what is normal in the grief experience, what they might expect, and it has coping that goes in their positive coping behaviors to help them move forward. Gotcha. Um, Each month, that mail-out addresses something a little bit different that represents where they're going to be in that first-year journey. Mm -hmm. The second thing we offer is we offer phone support and follow-up. 
usually we look at three, six, and nine months because those tend to be pivotal months okay. um, in the journey. But sometimes people will indicate that they feel like they need more. And so we kind of set it up based on what their needs are. It may start out weekly, maybe every couple of weeks. And then over the year, we kind of stretch it out as to how often that contact is. Gotcha. Um, Bereaved families understand that they can call in and speak with us if they need, Mm -hmm. um, if they're having a difficult time. The next thing that we offer is we do have a grief, grief support group that normally meets twice a month. Okay. Unfortunately, with COVID, that has been put on the back burner. Gotcha. Um, just because close proximity. Sure. Um, and a lot of our folks are older, and um, just that exposure to um, COVID was something that we really kind of thought about because we're also in such close contact. Right. So what we're hoping is that as the numbers continue to drop and level out Mm -hmm. and stay where they're at, that after the first of the year, we can open that back up and start having support groups again. Yeah, that's awesome. So you mentioned a three, six, and nine-month kind of timeline of checking in with the people who are going through the bereavement. And I wanted to ask, how long are bereavement services offered? Is it just to the nine-month or full year? I know you mentioned they can call in if they need it, but... Mm -hmm. Um, we offer it for a full year. Actually, it's like 13 months. Okay. And at the end of that 13 months, they uh, have that understanding that services end at that point. But if they feel like they need continued contact, we can do one of two things. Sometimes they'll continue to reach out to us, you know, every two or three months just to make sure they're still kind of moving along at a, at a normal pace. Sure. Um, if they really feel like they're struggling and really continuing to have a difficult time, then what we'll do is refer them out. And I have a list of other areas or other services that they can tap into for individual therapy. Gotcha. Okay. And that also is offered to them throughout that first year. If they really are struggling and feeling like they're not able to move forward and we're moving into something that's more complicated, mm-hmm. then I will refer them out. Okay. How often does that happen? Like people not being able to, quote unquote, move on as easily as what you might expect? I would say probably 15 to 20% of our folks really? will feel like they need something extra. Okay. Or they may come to us um, having previously seen somebody in counseling. Maybe mm-hmm. they've had issues before with anxiety or depression. And that's one of those things that we screen for because if they've had prior issues, we strongly encourage them to reconnect with their counselor, yeah. somebody they've had that established relationship with for that. And the, then we kind of step back as additional support. Gotcha. Okay. So how has COVID-19 impacted how people grieve and the services provided? I know you mentioned the support group has dwindled down for the moment, but uh, what else is offered or what else have you learned because of COVID? Well, I think um, in bereavement, for a lot of people, it has created a, a bubble of isolation. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's impacted their being able to go to a support group. We weren't able to have the memorial service, which we normally have, mm-hmm. that gives people that opportunity to come and connect with their team and to get that kind of closure. I think for many people, not being able to go to church, not being able to see family mm-hmm. has created that much a, a greater feeling of isolation. Sure, absolutely. Um, and then what happens is people stop reaching out mm-hmm. and they spend a lot of time by themselves and it really complicates that grief experience. And so we tried to build in additional calls or support for them to kind of help them or to find other services for them to connect with. Gotcha. So what are the challenges that people face during the holidays? Um, Again, I think it's that change of tradition and routine. Mm -hmm. 
Um, oftentimes, I, I talked with somebody um, several weeks ago that mother had passed away, and the, um, all of the, the siblings were trying to figure out what they were going to do this year because they had always gone to gather at that house, at mm-hmm. the mom's house. And she did the, the um, lion's share of cooking, mm-hmm. and that was their time of getting together. And I think falling that responsibility falls on family to figure out how to gather again, mm-hmm. how to be together. I think for some families, it's figuring out what that first year looks like. Do we decorate? Do we not decorate? Right. Um, what Christmas shopping looks like. If you have children in the family, how do you address that? Mm-hmm. And, and so I think it just opens up a lot of different issues. Yeah, for sure. So what challenges does the first anniversary of loss bring? Um, I think oftentimes people struggle when they come to that one-year anniversary with um, several things. Um, what is it going to feel like? What mm-hmm. is it going to look like? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times people have anxiety of experiencing that day exactly like it played out sure. um, when that person died. And they don't want to go backwards. And sure. so I think there's some concern about that. Um, I think sometimes people will share with me that they struggle a little bit with guilt that they've moved forward and have created a new routine and are very future directed Mm -hmm. and they get concerned. Does that mean I don't love that person as much or have I left them behind? And so we do a lot of reframing and rethinking about what does it mean to bring that person forward with you and to help them to see the many ways that they have brought that relationship and those memories forward with them in a positive way. And then I think the first year represents pressure that people feel sometimes that they should now be over it and be okay. Mm -hmm. And in actuality, the only thing the first year represents is that people have been able to navigate and get through these first experiences of birthdays, anniversaries, holidays without that person there. They've learned to maybe live on their own mm-hmm. or maybe not to be able to have daily contact with that person. But at the end of the first year, they're still grieving. And that oftentimes it's the first five years mm-hmm. um, that people navigate through until they get to a point of feeling fully comfortable. Yeah. Um, now, that's not to mean that the second, third, and fourth year are going to be as difficult as the first year. Sure. People grow each year as they understand themselves understand what this loss means to them and understand what moving forward means. Yeah. Share a personal story. My father uh, actually passed away when I was four. So it's been 23 years since he's been here and he happened to pass away on my mom's birthday. So it's a very bittersweet day every year. It never gets, it. it's easier, but it, you never forget about it. And I think that's maybe in a way kind of comforting because I always have a memory of him, especially around that time of year that I have very limited memories with them because I was so young, but it's always a bittersweet, now more so sweet, because I can look back on really positive memories with him. So I'm, I assume I'm not the only one who's gone through something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's always a comforting kind of thing to, to be able to have those memories. And that really is the goal as people move forward through their grief journey. And again, it's a journey, as you've just explained. Mm-hmm. It's something that has a beginning when it when that loss happens, but you carry it forward in life. Right. And oftentimes people will use the term, um, are you doing better? Are you over this yet? Mm-hmm. And using the term doing better implies that you're sick or broken. And you're not sick or broken. Life has happened to you. Sure. And what you want to do is to how to learn how to carry this forward 
and live with it in a more positive way and a, a way that's different that mm-hmm. works for you. So I've heard about Camp Wings before. Um, I don't know much about it. Can you kind of tell me what that is? Um, Camp Wings is a program that we offer to kids um, between the ages of 6 and 14, I believe is the age range we go. Okay. Um, And it's um, a weekend, uh, usually the first weekend in August, and it's offered for kids to come and spend the weekend um, with a buddy um, to understand their grief journey and to connect with other kids who have also had losses. Gotcha. Um, Unfortunately, again, COVID has impacted that in the mm-hmm. past two years. We have not been able to have that, but the hope is in the future we'll get that back up and running yeah. because it's very beneficial to the community. It, I think it's very important to, for kids and teenagers to have that opportunity to connect with other kids and mm-hmm. teens who have had a loss um, and to kind of process that developmentally where they're at. Sure. And then we also have um, the memorial service that's offered yearly. Okay. Uh, Tell me more about that. And the memorial service happens once a year, and it's an opportunity for families to come and reconnect with the team and get that little bit of closure. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also a time for us to honor the families. Oftentimes families will talk a lot about what the um, visitation looked like and what the funeral looked like, and oftentimes people don't remember because they're so busy comforting other people who've come. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the memorial service really is a time for us to not only lift up the person who's passed away, but also to lift up the caregiver and the role that they played in that person's life and just honoring the sacrifices that they made. Mm -hmm. And so we do that once a year. And again, because of COVID, we've had to postpone that, but hopefully um, next year, Things will be a little bit more normal and we'll get back on track. We will see. Hopefully so. Like I said, this has been a great conversation to have. Uh, Darren, thanks so much for coming in today. I really appreciate talking about bereavement and helping me understand a little more about it, uh, especially in the hospice role. So thanks for coming in. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having If anyone had any questions uh, about bereavement or bereavement care, uh, could they give you a call or an email? Or, and if so, what's that contact info? If anybody has any questions, they can reach out to bereavement um, at the main hospice number, which is 731-664-4220. I'll add that number in the description. So listeners, if you're wanting to find that, you can find that there. Darren, thanks so much for coming in today. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Will, for having me. You're very welcome. And this has been another episode of We Talk Health. We Talk Health.